This is Latour Live with Dave Latour on News Radio WHP 580. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another fascinating, fabulous, and fresh episode of Latour Live. I'm your you know? effervescent host, Dave Latour. With me, as always, my co-host, producer, radio icon, on-air fiance, Frank Schofield. Hey, 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 hey. And the one and only producer extraordinaire, Michael Parks. Hey, good to be here, buddy. Michael Parks, how the heck are you? I'm doing fabulous, man. It's a fantastic day. It, it is. Was, I mean, look, I don't care how hot it is anymore. I've gotten past the heat. Yes. Are we past the heat? We just live with it now. Yes, nothing to this do about it. This is Rio. A friend of mine said we're living in Rio de Janeiro without the scantily clad Brazilians. It's just the way it is right now. And so I was feeling really good. I got in here. I've got my iced coffee. Ooh. No cream. But here's the deal. No cream. Oh. But hold on. I have to tell you something. You're so in I now. come in here. What do you think happens? Boom. Somebody blew up the men's room again. <sighs> and it was horrific. Absolutely horrific. I just want to know is neither of you. No. <laughs> Right? Yes, Dave. I can confirm it was not yeah, me it was or not Mr. Any Parks. Of us. Yeah. I just, I, and it's one of those bad situations where uh, you don't know whether to use your nose or your mouth when you breathe. Because I don't then think... when you breathe in through your mouth, you're taking more of the stench in through your mouth, even though you can't breathe it. It's not it's bad. Like, how can somebody do that? I don't believe, and I don't like this kind of talk on the radio. I don't think it's appropriate. At any point in time, <laughs> but we'll get into it. And I really don't. All my years of career, I've never gone into this area. Uh, right, okay. But it has. To, it, it can't be an iHeartRadio guy. There's no way that I believe that it's an iHeartRadio guy. I know everybody in this building. I know, I and I do know who uses which men's rooms and which bathrooms, and we know. Yes. We know. It's not one of us. Can't we simply... It's not a radio guy. Can't, can't we simply all set a timer in our lives with our body clocks? Like, I know that that would never happen for me around lunchtime. No. I mean, it just doesn't. It's probably I mean, an inappropriate time. Yeah, totally inappropriate. Right. I think it's ridiculous. Anyway, how you doing, bud? <laughs> Good. You, you know something, Parks? As, as we come in here, I think Mr. Latour has kind of realized um, the stress, the adjustment, the flying the plane, moving left to right, the quick, the, the quick, you know, call at the line, you know, maybe an audible. And he was kind of under some major stress here coming in, realizing it's not always roses to do a show. Sometimes yeah. you have to adjust. Sometimes yeah. it's work. Yeah. It's not always great. We do a lot of work, but I mean, how long are our production meetings? I mean, we're talking hours to get this puppy We're up. talking at least four sentences. I mean, it's... At least. <laughs> <laughs> at least. And I don't even know if they're sentences. I think they're just fragments. Uh. <laughs> and I know what number four is every single time. Clean up. <laughs> so I don't know what the other three entail. So for anybody wondering, uh, as, uh, as each new week starts, I'll send an email to Parksy... And I will send it to Frank, and I'll basically say, here's what's going on. Here are four segments for the day. Usually the first one is opener, so I will say opener. Second segment, if we have a special type segment, I'll I'll sort of hint at it. Third one is typically our guest, unless we have two guests, and fourth is the close. And my only thinking is, in, in providing you with the little information as possible, is we want our show to be fresh, we don't want you to know what's. I don't want them to know what's coming, Frank. I don't want I don't you to know what's coming. coming. I don't. I don't want you to know what's coming. And I do notice uh, if he knows Frank on his emails, yeah. he's not a fan of the colon, you know, on this either. He's using uh, the parentheses close, separate the numbers instead of like one colon opening. I've never one, used the one colon close 
It's always parentheses. one parentheses or a one period. Yeah, yeah, why is that? I was trying to tie in one the, parentheses? the bathroom, the Are bathroom you, humor. Are you aging yourself if you use a colon? I was trying to use tie in the bathroom humor there. Yeah, I know. Not a fan doing. of the colon. Colon joke. I know what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, if you go up top, you can just make it a bullet, too. What do you Ooh. mean? You can just make it a little bullet. There's a, there's that little box up top oh, in, yeah. in the center. I use I that a lot. I don't do a bullet. I don't do a bullet. I think that's classy. Is it one, one, parentheses. Yeah, close, close parentheses. parentheses. Or one, I'll even do a dash Dave, sometimes. Dave, decision makers, executives, people that move quick usually have ADD, and they don't need long sentences. Just get right to the point. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, that's what points. he did. Well, the bam, bullet, bam, points bam. T- bullet points take an extra step on Microsoft Word. Right. You, should, you just go up. You highlight that's it. That's not bam, 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 Frank. It's not. You're not. By the way. You're I, drinking nice coffee, too. Yeah, go I'm back just, to the coffee I'm issue. so wired on the iced coffee right now. Just like, go back to it. I will kill somebody right now. But didn't so you, wired. Did you poo-poo iced coffee? <laughs> you will kill someone. I'm so wired right you do now. Look, you do look a little crazy. I got my hair cut. See? Look how short it is now. What do you think? You're such a Frank wannabe. It's not bald. You are such a Frank wannabe. I think it goes I, I actually I'm a I'm I'm a Parksy wannabe. Parksy has this Parksy has this Yeah, I went cut. I went really short. I went with a one. You got about a two there. I got a one on the sides. Yep. Then a blended two. to a two on yeah. top. Yeah. Is that borderline so, uh, Well, I have so much balding up top, it doesn't matter. Pretty pretty soon I'm gonna get this little island in the front. And I'm going to have to just that's take that I, back. That's what I, yeah. Get that stupid island going in the front with the bald yeah. spot in the back. It's sort of like a, sort of like an isthmus hanging out. Why there, don't you just you do know? one all around? Uh, I just don't think I'm there yet. No, I mean, it looks stupid fine. to have a one and a two, though. No, I don't think doesn't. it does. No, it, it does. does. It looks no. fine. He looks fine. Yeah, I, okay. I had a stylist do it. I like I how you even, pick I sides and I like how you pick sides and uh, pick well, which way you're going to go. He's got better hair than you. He does. Okay. There's no question about my hair. I'm just saying one on the sides and two up top. Two I don't. Up is with a I think you should fine. do the same length. Two up top all around. With a fade no, I think two up top with a fade is okay, fine. Okay, Dave. I'm going to do what I want. Next thing I want to talk about is Kaepernick. What do we think about the Nike ad? Any thoughts on it, Frank? I expect you to have a very business focused perspective on this ad. Especially I, a sports I, Yeah, fan. I think Nike's just trolling. He's just trolling Trump, and I think that's all it is. I don't think it's that at all. Okay. Is that really all you came up with? They're trolling Trump, Nike. Yeah, because he know they know he's going to react to it. They think, and then the other people. It's about. Um. No, I know the meaning behind it. I'm not stupid. No, forget the meaning. Why are they really doing it? And they're really doing it because they have a contract with them. They have a contract with them. They can get rid of that. They can get rid of that contract at any time. This is about cash. The more I thought about. I've had two or three days to think about this, and this is the deal. Because <laughs> this is a world I live in, in public affairs and public relations. We test messages all the time. We focus group. We poll. Nike just didn't wake up one day and say, you know what? We're going to troll President Trump. No, they wanted to leverage Kaepernick. They felt like we want to get involved, but I guarantee you they have focus grouped this whole campaign like crazy. They've spent countless dollars focus grouping it, and they have gotten this to the point now where they believe that this campaign, with all the research they've done, is going to make them more money than ever. This is not about uh, it, it, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Nike's take on this is actually 
We don't care what you believe in because we're making money off everything. And that's exactly what this is. Time that's of a, release, too. Yeah. The that, time of release. One week, week before, before the, fo- the football right? season. Right, right, Parksy? Yep. No coincidence. Nope. One week before the football season, they know exactly what they're doing. They're willing to sacrifice. But some do of the, you really not think that he couldn't play for a team? Um, I think he could absolutely play for a team. Then why is he on a team? Because he's a distraction. And football's a team sport. And look... Should he be in the NFL playing? Yes, he's good enough to be a backup. He's not good enough to be a starter in the NFL. He proved that his last two seasons in the league. Let me finish. Let me finish with that look on your face. He's better than a lot of backups in the NFL. But the problem is football's a team sport, and and they are they're like a religion. There's Each team is like a religion, and they do not like – Anything interrupted. They do not like distractions. So I can absolutely see why a team or any team doesn't want to sign Colin Kaepernick because they don't want the distraction on their team. It's really that simple. Do they? Wasn't there an offer from the Ravens for him? I don't know if there was an offer or not. Uh, there's just varying stories. Do you out think this will help his value if get signed by a team? No, I don't think. No, I think this will kill his value in signing yes. with the yeah. team. Um, but. He's also making a, a he's making a good penny off of this ad campaign, but he can't play. So he's not what? good enough to play. He just signed a multi million dollar uh, endorsement contract. How many players do you know that aren't good enough to play sign multi million dollar endorsement contracts? Um, it's not literally sacrificing everything you believe in. Hey, look, I've I've said this on Twitter. You check out my Twitter account. Said this on Twitter. I have no problems with him kneeling. I have no problems with people standing. I don't really care. The biggest problem I ever have with Colin Kaepernick is he wore a pair of socks to practice one day that depicted police officers as pigs. And I stand with police officers. You can kneel with Colin Kaepernick. I stand with police officers. How do you feel about the NFL changing the uh, rules regarding that? They haven't changed it. They they walk back the rules. They they're still trying to settle on a policy in conjunction with the uh, NFL players union. So we don't know where they stand on it. I quite frankly don't care who stands or who kneels. I could care less about that. You know, but I stand with law enforcement and I'm just sick and tired of what law enforcement. What do you think Trump's obsession is with that? What what is his obsession? Uh um is it just for his base or do you think he really it's for thinks his base. it? It's do you absolute, think he thinks it? I don't know if he did. Who knows what he thinks? The guy's nuts. Well, you get his you newsletter. See, you get you his see, newsletter every day. You see, <laughs> whatever. Do you see a new book coming out from uh, Bob Woodward of uh, Watergate fame? I did. Did you hear the six phone of the, call? Six did you? Of the, yeah, six of the best quotes from the book. Gary, how much time we have? You got Two time. minutes. It doesn't matter. We'll keep going on this. Gary Cohn. <laughs> Gary Cohn, his former uh, economic chief advisor, stole a letter off his desk where he was was ready to withdraw from the U.S. trade deal with South Korea. He wanted to protect national security. (laughs) It's all great. Uh, Defense Secretary James Mattis Mattis told the president, Trump questioned why the U.S. was spending money and having a military presence in the Korean Peninsula. Mattis goes, we're trying to prevent World War III. I love, I love, he tells Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, I don't trust you. I don't want you doing any more negotiations. You're past your prime. He called his first chief of staff, Ranch Priebus, a little rat. He just scurries around. I mean. (laughs) Did you hear the phone call? Uh, uh, Yeah. Oh, my God. That's priceless. (laughs) To hear Kellyanne Conway get on that phone and Uh then get off. 
And then him go, I don't know what you're talking about, Bob. Yep. Tom Bossert, a former Homeland Security counterterrorism advisor for Trump, said he asked to speak with the president, and the president told him, I want to watch the Masters. You and your cyber guys, you're going to get me in a war with all your cyber crap. And he did say crap. He's just crazy, man. And through it all, he's got some pretty decent policies, but he can't get out of his way. Just cannot get out of his own way. He's just a disaster. So that's segment one in the books. Will be oh, right. Let me ask you this question. What? Do you believe everything? I mean, obviously, he discredits the Woodward book. Do you? I mean, he's the Woodward's Look, obviously done president after president after president. I'm skeptical. I would never say I'm a hundred percent. I a hundred percent believe a book that relies largely on sourcing. However, this is Bob Woodward of Watergate fame, and I think he's earned the respect. And, in fact, if you go in Trump's uh, history of tweets, he actually makes fun of Obama and the Obama administration for being critical of a previous Woodward book. I mean, you can't have it both ways, Mr. President. You just cannot have it both ways. So coming up next on segment two, we're going to talk a little golf, a little golf etiquette with uh, Frank Schofield. I'll explain. Coming up a little bit later, our guest this week is going to be Scott Detrow. Scott is the NPR congressional reporter in Washington. We're going to talk a little Washington, D.C. and the John McCain funeral. Come right back. Latour Communications, WHB 580. Welcome back to the tour live. That's uh, some fantastic, uh, whatever the heck that Rejoin was. Rejoin music. Rejoin music? Yeah. We're still Our, dealing with this ancient music, aren't we? Yep. Aren't you going to solve this, Frank? Yeah, but not today. You had a thing, you just couldn't get to it. I respect that. That's you fine. Need. That's not really the answer, but if it's convenient for you. That, that pretty much describes it. We had a thing and missing a thing, and so we're going to fix the thing. Well, I got you. So anyway, Parks, you need to know on Thursday... Um, uh, Frank and I are having our first little go hangout outside of town event. Mm. We are hopping in a car and we are driving to the BMW Championship in Aronimic Golf Course, the third of four stops in the FedEx Cup Champions Championship for the uh, U.S. Men's Pro Golf Tour. Are you excited? I am. This is your first PGA Tour event, correct? Yes. Yeah, you've been to like the little piddly dink LKO and the Easy. Nike Nike.com tour. Yeah, I've done the Nike and the LKO and the other ones, but this will be the first major. Okay, so I pulled up some rules, some golf fan etiquette rules, and I want to go over this stuff with you because I think it's very important. Okay? Do, do you think I'll be out of line? Do you I, think I'll be unruly to the well, part that I need this? There's alcohol there, so I know you will be. And, um, and I'm bet, I'm you don't know I'm, me that well because I don't drink that much. I'm anymore. betting we're imbibing on the way down. I'm down 35 pounds from quitting. You didn't even notice. From quitting what? Drinking. I, I don't really don't drink that much anymore. Really? Yeah. You're down 35 pounds. I drank Saturday night. That was a good time. But outside of that, no. Yeah. You haven't even noticed? No, I haven't noticed. Down 35. I did. I did, Frank. Congratulations. Thanks, Thanks Mr. Awesome. Parks. Congratulations, Frank. Thank you. When did you Why have you not noticed? I just focus on myself. Oh, we know that. You know, I just focus on <laughs> my world. I'm in my own little world. You want a little? Do you want the dinger? I think I do. Come on, use that damn dinger. I think I do. I know you like that. Because well, I'm better at it. Rule number one: Don't make RJ mad by using his dinger. Rule oh, number know, one: Stop. Moms, daughters, sisters, wives, girlfriends are off limits. Stay away from them at the tournament. You will see. 
Paulina Gretzky, okay? You'll see Paulina Gretzky, Dustin Johnson's fiance. Don't be that guy, okay? Don't be that guy. People walk up to her all the time and start trying to talk to her. Oh. So I came and say hi. Don't say hi. How's your dad? Rule number two, <laughs> never walk across <laughs> another patron's line of sight. Ooh. Don't get, don't get in people's way, all right? I think I'm going to be okay. I, I'm, no, I'm a 51 year old man. I'm 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 worried about you. Leave the wacky costumes at home. <laughs> yes, yes. That's you know the guy who always dresses like tiger, like a tiger, and he falls around Tiger Woods, and he wears oh, a tiger yeah. outfit. He did that. Frank, yeah. do not bring a costume. Can I bring? His... What about my Payne Stewart outfit? Can I bring that? <laughs> uh, you could wear that. The paint stored outfits appropriate with the knickers Look, you, and, and the and the cap. Like, dress like a golfer. We'll talk about apparel in a little bit here. We'll talk about <laughs> this is this is actually good advice. Every third beer, especially it's gonna be so hot tomorrow. We leave tomorrow. Yeah, we tape on Wednesdays, we're leaving. I'm Dave, so I'm not gonna drink. Dave, I'm not drinking. Every third beer well, this is for me then. Yes. Every third beer should be water. Okay. That's fine. Because it's gonna hydrate. be hot you gotta hydrate. as hell. Do not take photos during the fall during the fall during the backswing, not the follow through. He's going through on the backswing. You're not taking photos. He goes into that swing. Snap, 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 snap. Now you know who you have to be careful of: Hideki Matsuyama. Because he pauses. He pauses. Good for you, Parksy. He pauses at the top of the swing. Frank, if you start shooting your camera when he's up there, you're going to get kicked out. He's got that special sound effect. He goes. <laughs> And every shutter thing. Are you bringing an umbrella? I, why, why am I the target here? Because <laughs> you're, you're, just you, you're not the, even going to make this fun for me. Just like you ruined the soccer thing for no, me. No, you're part I mean, of the bit, Frank. You're part of the bit. You. We're worried about You're not worried about me. We're, we're always, if it wouldn't we're be for me, there would be no you. Whatever. <laughs> I, I think there would have been. Occasionally. I don't think so. <laughs> are you bringing an umbrella with you? Yeah, I was thinking. Are you going to walk around with an umbrella? Yeah, I was thinking. My big Under Armour umbrella. Yeah. What about the ones that? you wear on your head? Like those little umbrellas. <laughs> <laughs> or the one with the tubes that come out. So I, I can keep drinking those. I'm going to bring it in for you. You're, you're in charge of the umbrella. Two cans. I'm not taking an umbrella, yeah, Dave. It's going to be sunshine and hot. You, have to take you just said umbrella. how hot it's going to be. Yeah, you better take Why is this bit about me? Get, Are we allowed? We a, in case we get a thunderstorm. Could so, you do a show without me? Yes. Always use the next important rule. Always use Perel after using the porta potty, Frank. Clean your hands. Do oh. not go near the hot dog stand if you've just come out of the Porta John. That's not mustard. Not use the Purell. <laughs> How's the food going to be? That's not chili sauce. The last, the last, the food will be decent. Food will be good, especially in a trophy club where we got trophy club seats. Oh yeah. I will not go to a golf stand. I will not go to a golf tournament and just get general admission tickets. No, not no. nowhere no. to hide from the from the heat. Or the, the, we'll go in the trophy club. It'll be air conditioned. There'll be TVs right. all over the Sunglasses place. Sunglasses on. Full yeah. bar. Full bar. Oh full God. bar for mixed drinks. I mean, we're going to be set. Now, listen. But how many other jerk men are going to be there? Everyone that thinks they know it all. Mm. Tommy golfers everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Arrogance. Could you do a Facebook Live down there? No. Oh, stop. I, I don't want to do it. I do not want to do it. I'll take, I'll take pictures and post them of yeah. Frank. This is acting. like proposing a show from Chicago. <laughs> Frank, stop. Frank acting like a moron. Uh, don't worry. I'll get those pictures. And this is important, Frank. No friggin' Baba Booies from us. No Baba Do you know what the Baba Do what we hear? How about this? No. None of that either. How about this? Oh, 
I hate those people. I hate those morons. Do you have any more of those? Uh, that's it. Uh, the Baba Booey is the biggest thing right now yeah. from Howard Stern. Baba Booey! Yeah. As somebody hits a big shot. No, don't do it. Now, are we going to go around every hole? I don't know. I, we're going to get there. Tiger tees off round one we're at 11.30. Him? We're going to go to, we're immediately going to go to hole two. You know why? Because the Tiger wave will start at one. We'll get a great position at two for him to come in, and then we can follow him for a couple holes. We just keep we jumping cut a hole. across the course. We cut across the course, and we get really good spots. They've got He's got two really good threesomes coming behind him. You know, some of the best golfers in the world are in the two threesomes behind him. I don't have the list in front of me. So we follow him for a little bit, then we start following everybody else, and we find out where he is on the course, and we set up a course, you know, a hole ahead of him. You know, I mean, that's just kind of how you work it. It's like politics. You try and play the middle a little bit. Can Frank, you know? can Frank be, uh, when Mickelson goes up to tee off, could he do a, you suck, you jackass? Uh, you could actually do that with Mickelson, because I can't stand it. I like, why don't you like Lefty? He's a fake. He's an absolute fake. Do they have the earpieces so I can listen to the, uh, sometimes? Uh, the U.S. Open has earpieces. I don't know. Most majors have earpieces. I don't know if the BMW have earpieces. That'd be fun to listen to. Well, it'd be great. I wouldn't have to talk to you. You just have that. You just listen to it the whole time. <laughs> this man is destroying them. Why did you invite me? Listen to me. <laughs> Why did you invite Answer the question. <laughs> Why did you invite me? How are you going to dress tomorrow? Oh. oh, I was thinking about wearing a vest. I was thinking about wearing my old wear your vest. Yeah, I'm wear <laughs> sweater vest. <laughs> I was thinking about my old navy khakis. Yeah, and a, a button down, long sleeve button down shirt in Oxford. That's perfect. Yeah, I want you. I want you to wear that tomorrow. Yeah, That'd be great. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs hat. Hey, listen, yeah. the biggest rule. Maple Leafs jersey. Toronto Maple Leafs hat. I should <laughs> wear a Boston Bruins jersey, jersey. like Happy Gilmore. There you go. That's what we'll do. The biggest this rule. This destroying. For golf <laughs> and going to a golf tournament is you cannot wear golf shoes. Do not wear golf shoes to a golf tournament unless you are playing in the golf tournament. Okay, because okay, all Dave. the areas you walk, well, so many people do it. Dave, I don't even want to go now. You, you, so, you've intimidated so, me so much. So, I don't even want to be no, with you. You're going. So many people, Parksy, show up at golf tournaments in spikes when all they're doing is walking on hard ground areas. Right. Uh, Macadam, oh, they're walking in the clubhouse and they're that. wearing their friggin' spikes. They look like morons. Yes. So what's the average attendance person like? Am I right? Are they just is it arrogant dudes? No, no, no. People are cool. You just, the, 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 what do we got? Three minutes? The wackiest people I've ever seen are when I've gone down to the Heritage Golf Classic in Hilton Head. It's always a week after the Masters. And Saturday, they call it um, sundress and high heels day. By the way, ladies, if you go to a golf tournament, don't wear high heels to a golf tournament. You're, no, please do. That's moronic. That's moronic. But anyway, all the college kids come in on that Saturday, and it literally, it's like Mardi Gras at a golf tournament. I mean, it's funny to watch, but there's like nowhere to go, and you're surrounded by kids puking everywhere and stumbling. Um. I mean, so that's the outlier though frank most people are going to be like you and me i'll dress like i golf i'll have a golf shirt on i'll have a I'll obviously have a belt and i'll have my <laughs> i'll have my i'll have a nice pair of khaki shorts on or yep. something and i'll have what sneakers. kind of shoes sneakers always like running sneakers something that are white, really white new balances with socks uh, definitely not. I'm, I'm going to have tube socks and, con and Converse yeah. All-Stars. Yeah. Tube socks and Converse All-Stars. Can I? Would, would they're I they're televising it, right? I think this is a good session for you. I think you've 
I think I've given you a lot to think about here. Are they televising it? Oh, always, yeah. So, Frank, like when, when, you, when you see the camera, stand up in front of it, wave you're your like arms. You, you look Ooh, for Frank. You'll have the Boston Bruins sweater. Yeah, the Boston Bruins sweater you on. Wave your it's arms. It's like everything. You ruin everything. No, I didn't ruin it. You're gonna have a blast. I don't want to go. Oh, it's gonna be a blast. We got a driver. You got to take pictures down there. Well, yeah, we're gonna take a ton of pictures. Oh, we got to drive. We'll post them to hey, we'll post them to Latour Live Twitter feed all day long. Which sunglasses, you Frankie? Wearing? Which sunglasses <laughs> you wearing? Guys are lucky. Guys are lucky. You, <laughs> like, you, you listeners are lucky. <laughs> you guys are the best. Hey, we're gonna be right back. You are hey, so full. Of your, you are so full of yourself today. <laughs> Good God. Oh, we're gonna be God. right back. Stop it. We're gonna be right oh. back with Scott Detrow. Congressional correspondent for NPR. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, John McCain's funeral this past week and what's going on in Washington. Be right back. Latour Live, WHP Latour Live lives on our podcast page at WHP580.com. And welcome back to Latour Live. Frank, are you okay? You just a little wiped out from that whole golf. No, you're all jacked up. I'm all jacked up on my iced coffee. So do you drink degrees out? I'm drinking iced coffee. What? No, you just do I what? You just keep talking. What? Right. Sure, sure, just go on. All right, you have, a, you have a guest. I want to bring in our guest right now. He's an old friend. Give me, a, uh, give me a break. Used to cover politics in Harrisburg. Now he's a big shot. Uh, he's the uh, congressional reporter for NPR, uh, Scott Detro. Scott, thanks for joining us. Hey, good to be with you guys. How's it going? Really good, buddy. Uh, first of all, what's the biggest difference? I'm putting you on the spot. What's the biggest difference between covering politics in Harrisburg and covering politics in Washington? Uh, there's just more people around all of the time, and there's always 50 other things happening at once, like covering the state house. It's like, okay, this is the thing we're all talking about today, and then covering the Capitol here. It's like this is one of 72 things that are happening at once. It's always so, so I think that's that's an ongoing uh, challenge to get used to. So I've been I've just been trying to get Scott on for a couple of weeks now. He's been running around like crazy, chasing those 72 issues down, and uh, one of the things I want to talk to Scott about was John McCain. Now, he just covered the funeral last week. But before we get to the funeral, you covered John McCain, correct me if I'm wrong, during his Straight Talk Express presidential campaign in 2000, correct? Yeah, uh, in 2008. I'm uh, sorry, I'm yeah, sorry. When he was in Pennsylvania. Uh, he came through. I mean, that was just such a, an amazing election to cover from Pennsylvania, and I think even more so because I was – I was a real young reporter at the time. It was the first election I got a chance to cover hands-on and just to have all the candidates swooping in and out of, of the Harrisburg area and all over the state throughout the year. Uh, so, yeah, McCain came through. I think it was a couple weeks. Yeah, it was a couple weeks before the Republican convention because I remember at the time there was speculation, would he pick Governor Ridge on, a, on the ticket? Yeah. Which, of course, he did not, uh, as we all remember. But uh, he Sarah Palin do an event. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, you didn't see her at all this week, really. Um, yeah. He came to Harrisburg to do an event with Ridge and a handful of us. Uh, John Mysick was another one of the reporters, got to interview him on the bus. Uh, it was kind of the whole Straight Talk Express setup. And what I remember is it's a pretty quick bus ride, you know, from.
the airport to the event, but he had the bus just do loops around the city over and over again <laughs> to keep the interview going. To keep it, and 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 was anything off limits with him, or what? what what's your take? Compare him to just say the average Washington Politico. I I was a big McCain fan. Uh, yeah. Going back to the original Straight Talk Express, I, I always liked the guy. What what were your thoughts about him? Yeah, I think I'm really glad that I was able to get to Congress while he was still there for just a little bit. Uh, there was about a year of overlap where I was in the hall most days. And because without question of all 100 senators, he was the best one to talk to in the hall up until he wasn't able to, to make it to Congress anymore. He would he would take any question and all questions. He wouldn't hesitate to tell you your question was stupid or be grumpy about it. But he was there taking questions and would give you thoughtful answers. And that's a real rarity, especially among high-profile politicians. Uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren's probably going to run for president in a couple yeah. years. She will never talk to a reporter in the hallway. She'll do interviews on cable news, but she's walking from point A to B, and she's never going to stop for a reporter's That's question. fascinating. That's a fascinating behind-the-scenes look. Tell us about that a little bit. So McCain would do that. Are there any other yeah. politicos on the Hill that you can think of now that – that sort of would do that, would, would welcome that. See, I would think she would be open and accessible. But you're telling me, anybody? Yeah. does anybody else stick out to you as, hey, I know I can stop this this senator uh, or representative? Yeah. McCain's buddy, Lindsey Graham, does a lot. Um, on the Democratic side, there's a handful as well. Ron Wyden, I would say, is, is pretty available. Uh, Casey, Casey's pretty good. Um, Toomey, Bob Casey Toomey's Jr.? Good. I mean, he'll talk to you. Will it be an engaging quote that will break headlines? Maybe not as much, but, <laughs> but he's always he's, he's always there to take a question. And and Toomey as well. Toomey will stop and take questions. I would say Toomey is happy to field questions on things that he's actually dealing with. Like if it's like a tax policy bill he's involved with, he'll talk about it. But uh, Senator Toomey is not your person to go to if you're looking for reaction to the Trump tweet of the day. So two, two uh, senators just stick out to me because they made – headlines yesterday at the uh, Kavanaugh confirmation hearings for Supreme Court were uh, Cory Booker and uh, uh, Kamala Harris. Um, mm -hmm. What are they like behind the scenes when you're trying to get stuff done? Um, Harris, Harris is new, uh, and, and a lot of new senators won't necessarily, you know, kind of stop and do the, the nonstop questions in the hallway. She's, as her time's gone on, she's certainly uh, talked to reporters a little more. I think she's she's been very quick to make national headlines pretty early in her her tenure. Sure. Given her her background as an attorney general, I think she's really uh, at, at some of those high profile intelligence committee hearings last year. Some of her back and forth with with key witnesses certainly got attention. And I think both of them uh, are not won't won't acknowledge it when you ask them, but certainly are in everybody's short list of Democrats who who, who they put in the consideration of, of 2020. I don't think we'll get answers on who's actually thinking about running until after the election, even if it stays after the election. But they're both, I think, certainly on 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 the list of people who who are likely thinking about it. We're talking with Scott Detrow, uh, NPR congressional reporter. Scott, if you could sum up the McCain funeral in a couple sentences, how would it seem like a presidential funeral to me? Yeah. For crying out yeah. loud. And it lasted days and days and days. Am I am I off base on that? I mean, I get he's a hero and. I respect the hell out of the man and, and his public service. It just seemed it, it had all the air to me of a presidential funeral. It did. It, it certainly did. I mean, everything down from the, the service at the National Cathedral to him lying in state to 
to the body processing through Washington, D.C. But, I mean, can you think of any other senator in the last 30 to even 50 years who, who commanded that much both inside the building and outside the building? I mean, you can maybe go through, you know, Robert Byrd or Orrin Hatch in terms of their stature within the Senate, but they certainly didn't have that national That's true. command and, and, and presence that McCain had. I think having both of that and then having his – his background as a war hero kind of put him into a different level of, of uh, elevated him to a different level that, that led to that funeral. But it was just, uh, I have a lot of thoughts on it and I'm still trying to process it because I think one, the scale of it was notable and two, the um, at times subtle and at times not so subtle messages that, that were coming out of, of the speeches. This was clearly carefully orchestrated by McCain in almost like a Julius Caesar Shakespeare sense of a, of, a, of a funeral as a political message to send a rebuke to President Trump, um, not necessarily even on policy, but just in terms of tone and, and approach and view of the world and view of America. It's just so different from John McCain. When you're covering everything that's going on down there, are you, obviously you're aware of the cycles, the news cycles, when the stories are hitting. Are there days, be, what's the time frame before that you see a story coming, you know, it's once it hits the cycle, then it's going to ramp up, ramp up and then hit mainstream? Is it one day, two days? Is it immediate these days? It used to be a time when it would be like one or two days you could see it coming and it would kind of ramp up and you would know it. I mean, for people on the inside, that would know. But has that time frame changed at all with the cycle? Absolutely. Hours, minutes. Um, it's, it's either something comes across Twitter or these days, so many people get their news from from push notifications on their cell phone that, yeah, you point. know, especially in that period where I feel like all this Russia news was breaking every five minutes. Uh, the New York Times would send out a push alert. The Washington Post would send out a push alert. And then it's like, OK, this is what we're going to be talking about going forward. I, I'm thinking particularly of, you know, the day that it was first reported that Trump and Comey had had that meeting in the Oval Office where uh, – where Trump um, asked him to, to lay off Michael Flynn in, in, in as many words. Um, you know, you can, you can interpret that many different ways, as we've been doing for the year and a half since we learned about it. But that was one of those days where it was like, whoa, we need to start talking about this now because this has just reset everything we were talking about in Washington. So we got about uh, two and a half minutes or so left here with Scott Detrow, NPR congressional reporter, former uh, reporter here in Harrisburg uh, with ITF, right, Scott? Yep, yeah. My research, uh, WITF. WITF. I covered the state house for about five years for them. That's right. So, uh, Scott, what are your thoughts on the new Woodward book on Trump? It's like every day it's Trumpomania in D.C. Uh, now yeah. Trump's, you know, doing his usual, these are all lies. It's kind of hard to call Bob Woodward a liar, though. Yeah, I think uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the actual book. Right now we're at that period where uh, people have gotten the book if they've skimmed it and they're writing articles with the with the juiciest bits, which yeah. sometimes end up being out of context and other times aren't at all. Yeah, I mean, that Michael Wolf book was probably the last time that this much attention was paid, and, and that was uh, – that there were all sorts of holes poked into that from spelling errors to factual errors <laughs> to things For that sure. Wolf himself said, but – Michael Wolf is not Bob Woodward, and I think one thing that was telling was Ari Fleischer, the former George W. Bush press secretary, yes. tweeted, like, look, I've been on the bad side of a couple Bob Woodward books. I've hated them. I've never challenged the accuracy of them. I mean, he's somebody who, especially when it comes to reporting on a White House and a dysfunctional White House, that's something he's perfected for, for decades and decades. I mean, if there was ever a statesman in journalism, it would have to be Bob Woodward. I would think, if yeah, ever one there was. Interesting, 
both him and, and Carl Bernstein have been uh, breaking these Russia stories, and it's yeah. this interesting flashback of like, well, they're both still at it. They still, uh, they still have the fever, huh? Do you still have the fever after all these years? Do you like chasing down a good story? I do. Uh, the, the pace of the news cycle of the last couple of years has, uh, has given me either more gray hairs or less hair, depending on how you want to put it. It's, it's, uh, I mean, you mentioned the, the pace of things, and I feel like that's, that's the biggest thing to contend with, that you know, even in the decade or so that I've been covering politics, there's such a shift of this thing happened on Twitter, and now we need to talk about it on the radio live <laughs> in five minutes. You know, that's, that's a hard cycle to, to get used to. So last question for you, Scott, and you cover Congress, so if you beg off this, I'll completely understand <laughs> that. But come November, are we seeing a Democratic takeover of Congress, or do you think Republicans hold one or two of the chambers? Uh, you know, I think one of the – a lot of people walked away from 2016 saying we can't trust any metric, we can't trust any poll. And I don't think that's the right way to look at it. I think everyone made a lot of assumptions that ended up not being true, and I think uh, Trump did something that was pretty improbable, winning Pennsylvania and those other key states the way he did. But uh, I think, by and large, polls as a whole, you can still trust. And there are certain metrics that really uh, indicate how an election is going to go. And that's, you know, voter enthusiasm, which side seems more excited, Good point. Uh, what do turnout numbers look like in special elections and primaries, uh, what's the president's approval rating. All of the big picture signs except one do point to big Democratic gains. The one exception is that the economy is in pretty good shape right now. That's the best thing Republicans have going for them. Scott Detrow, we'll leave it there, NPR congressional reporter. Really appreciate having you on, man, and, and hopefully we can have you on somewhere down the line here. Yeah, anytime. This is a lot of fun. Thanks, Scott. Be right back here on Latour Live, WHP 580, WHP580.com. Now back to Latour Live with Dave and Frank on News Radio WHP 580. And welcome back to our cleanup. It's our cleanup segment here on Latour Live, where we like to, uh, shall we say, clean up all the mess from the previous uh, 45 minutes of our show. What do we need to clean up, Frank? How can she not have a will? What? Aretha. Oh, my God. What was it, 70 million she had? Did not have a will. Did she? No. How can she have Louis Farrakhan at her funeral? Khan. A known anti-Semite. <laughs> What'd you say? Farrakhan. What'd I say? Can. Farrakhan. Yeah, Farrakhan. 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 I've heard it said both ways. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> the preacher with Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah. The pre- How about that thing? <laughs> oh, hand grab there. Hand grab yeah, and then oh he talked. Said she was like a menu on the Taco Bell. He apologized. I'm very sorry. Never thought I'd see the day where... A former president, first lady, are sitting a couple seats away from Louis Farrakhan. Yeah. I mean, I just thought that was ridiculous. Bill, Absolutely ridiculous. Bill was eyeing up Ariana. Bill should have taken a stand, but he was I've too busy it. checking out Ariana. Bill didn't speak. Uh, he dancing. did speak at hers, yeah. Yeah, he just, he's something else. Something else. All right. Hey, the, the, the coverage so was fascinating. Headline news had Aretha, and the other station had uh, McCain. It, it, I heard. it was side by side. It's crazy. You know what I heard? Tell me, Dave. During Aretha's funeral, they gave her four costume changes. Yeah, they did. What? Yeah. She, she had the Louis Vuitton shoes, fire red. She had the red outfit, the white outfit. Who the hell changed her? Okay, maybe Cher. 
I mean, but that's kind of crazy. What, what they they actually took her it's out of the, the box? Diva. That's the ultimate way for a diva to yeah, go yeah, out. Four well, costume changes. Let her go. They took her out of the box and put service. a different thing on it. They didn't her? take her out of the box. Oh. Be respectful. Well, be respectful. Well, I don't know. I think it's respectful. They left her in the box. I don't think you understand. <laughs> they, I don't understand they, either. How do you do it? I didn't know they did that. So set, she actually, did they zoom in? They set them up and then. Frank, come on. Tell, explain it to us. Well, they set you up and then take the they one. Sit you up. And well, they, they probably had to cut right down the back also. So yeah, like those. Uh, co- it's like, like you just kind of lay it over. Yeah, because like yeah, most. Like Charlie Chaplin used to do in Barnum and Bailey. They, they hey, the you know, we, should get, we should get a funeral director on. Oh, yeah. Maybe to talk about. No, we should. Why not? <laughs> no, that's ridiculous. If this is a show of the people, then let's have one. It's kind of crazy, though. No, why costume, is it crazy? Four costume four costume changes at a funeral. I, I would just be amazed by two costume changes. There's a rock and roll mortician up in uh, Camp Hill. I can't think of his name. He's based out of Camp Hill. They refer to him as the rock and roll mortician. Graham Hetrick started his new show, series again. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. What are you watching? I am watching. I finished up Jack Ryan. On, what? Uh, on what? Hulu. I finished Jack. Jim Halpert with a gun? Yeah. Eight episodes. You like There's it? some predictable things to it. It's a little too, every the whole world comes together for all the characters all in one. You know, you can sort of see that coming. But for an action TV series, Jack Ryan, I like the parts where he uses his mind more than anything. How Jack is Jack Ryan sees things that other, production's really good. Hmm. Ironically, the opening credits, very low production value. But this show is like it's 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 eight episodes. It's like a long movie. How did I, I know you'd be watching that? I've so never I, thought that you'd be. I so missed. I really that. liked it. So I really liked it. The other me. show I'm watching on Hulu right now is called The Looming Tower. Hmm. The Looming Tower, and it stars Jeff Daniels. And what it is, it's it came out in February on Hulu, and it was it looks at how the FBI and the CIA didn't work together and how it led to 9-11. Like how our, our uh, intelligence agencies at the federal level were at war with one another, wouldn't share information. And you can see every step of the way how they were taking, how, how they weren't taking Al-Qaeda seriously. And when they were, they weren't sharing information uh, with anybody else. Jeff Daniels is a big star and he's chief in New York's FBI counterterrorism center. Uh, another guy in there is uh, Peter Sarsgaard. He's a really good, good Sarsgaard. Yeah, he's uh, Martin Schmidt. He's uh, section chief of the CIA Counterterrorism Center. And these just, guys go you back have, and forth all the time. You must have really whipped through that. What? I mean, that well, Jack Ryan. I, can, I mean, I that watch, just came out. By the way, it was on Amazon, not Hulu. I, I, I'm sorry. I meant Amazon. I apologize. Uh, uh, Amazon. So, you know, but. Looming, the looming towers on Hulu, right? Yeah, and, uh, and I think it's fascinating. I think it's a fascinating show. First season's ten episodes, and you should watch it. What are you watching? Ozark. Yeah, I haven't gotten to Ozark yet. I'm on episode six. I have to watch. Yeah, okay. Six. Like is it all weekend. You um, want to say how does it measure up to Ozark season one, which is hard to top? First one kind of lulls through and then it kind of picks the up. The first episode? Yeah. Is a lull? Yeah, you got to get through it. The first episode. Because it's always the same. Yeah. Marty Bird. Okay, how do we fix it? Yep. I mean, Set it up. Sets up the season. That's all he is. Okay. Okay, this is bad. How do we fix it? Yeah. That's all Marty Bird does. When do you guys have time to watch all this? Yeah, he, he watches more shows. You late must watch so at least. I mean, like, you, we, we dinner, then boom. Late at night. Oh, late at night. Wait, but you're up at like after, a 4 a.m. After 9 o'clock. But you're no, up at 4 no, a.m. I'm up every morning at 5.30. 
One episode a night, two episodes? Uh, it just depends on how tired I am. Last night I did uh, one episode of Looming Tower. That was it. Normal TV? I was, or in, on bed, a, I was on a, in bed at 10.30. Or on a tablet? Normal TV. Always, okay. always a normal TV. Okay. You, don't, okay. you don't spend money how about on, on high-def flat okay. screens. How about Nadal? I don't, I don't really watch it. Oh, you're a big Open fan. Yeah, I just had, like told you that. that oh, really well, I have a list much. here of things not to do. Uh-oh. When you go to the U.S. Open tennis tournament. Yeah, you guys should make a say this. side what? trip. What? what, Dave? You don't I, want this segment? I know. I will say this. Uh, there were a lot of scared Penn State fans on Saturday. Oh, there was. Yes, oh, there my was. God. Weren't they ever? Oh, they were terrified. Yes. Terrified. I was there. I was watching that game. You went to the game? No, I was watching That game. could have been their whole season. Done. Well, that's a misconception. Yeah. They would not have gone to the playoffs if they lost to Appalachian State. Right. But they still could have won the Big Ten and gone to the Rose Bowl. And by all accounts, that's a pretty damn good season. However, they escape. They won. They move on. This week, I will be at their game. Uh, Penn State at Pitt. It's my son's birthday. It'll good. be his second Pitt game. Uh, he seems to like Pitt so far, by the way. So looking forward to seeing him and uh, taking in some football. Is he going to dig? Because he wasn't like really into watching live sports. Yeah. So did he get into the first game? Now he, he will. Well, he's getting a first game. If you saw the pictures yeah. he sent me, he's sort of surrounded by, you know, co-eds. Uh, co-eds. Hot he's having, yeah, he's, having, he's having a really good time. By the way, that line's like around nine, nine and a half because of Penn State's poor first game performance. It's going to be. I'm uh, tempted to lay those points because I think Penn State's going to play a much better game, but I think Pitt's good. You can't underestimate him. If you had to stick a gun in my head, I don't feel really good either way. I would take the points and Pitt. What's game. the sports betting uh, time frame for Pennsylvania? When when can we go out to Hollywood and start doing it? I said January. Yeah, Frank, you should still know. Looking, I still look in mid-October. And they're still going to put it in the horse room. In October to November. In the horse room up there. Frank, that's what you room. told me. Frank's still going for December. Well, tell it back to me, and then that's true. <laughs> that's what you told me. But Penn National has their application in. One other casino, too. I can't remember which one it is. But not all casinos have uh, put in uh, four licenses yet. They're 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 kind of waiting it out. Why? So, I don't know. I don't get it either, but I don't pay their bills. I think it's going to be really interesting. Because I was reading the New York Post the other day. And when you go to the sports page, you see they're all in. New York Post is all in on sports gambling, sports wagering. Yep. What the line is, how much money you can make, what you should pick, you know. And yep. it's going to be pretty fascinating once. Oh no, no! When, it's, once it's you normal, can bet you go on anything. Like oh, I, I should bet that Penn State game. And you can bet online too, Frank. And you can bet on anything at any time live. Like you got to be careful. So the bookie's gone. The bookie's been wiped out. No, not if the tax rate stays high in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I think the vig that people end up paying, which is the Price of just placing a bet will be much higher than going through their their uh, Do you have a bookie? backstreet bookie. Do I have a bookie? What kind of question is that? To Everybody ask? has it's a, a bookie. Yes or no. Everybody has a bookie. I don't have one. What a moron. Yes, you do. Oh, for God's sake. I do sake. not have a bookie. Hey, real quick, how much time we have? Free. You still get to pick three we tickets? Of all the questions you've asked, do you have a bookie? <laughs> what a moron. Yeah. Hey, uh, so we got three minutes, right? Three minutes. Eagles open up, the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles open up on Thursday night, and they're about to find out something that uh, we Steeler fans have known for a, quite a long time. That is? It ain't easy repeating. Nope. And uh, I think they're going to get a hard dose of reality tomorrow. I pick an, an Atlanta Falcons upset. I do, too. It's just so hard to win a Super Bowl, come off all that emotion, turn around the next season, and just turn it right back on again. So I think the Falcons oh, they hit are going to win that game. Storm. Atlanta's going to be no Atlanta's going to yeah. be really good this year. Yeah, so I'm going to take Atlanta in that game. 
Steelers are at Cleveland. No Le'Veon Bell. Oh. Hey, Steelers Nation, calm down. It's fine. The guy doesn't want to play. Right. He doesn't want to play. Your Plenty of other guys. Goes on. Life doesn't end in football, okay? Yep. Yep. I'm all about Baker Mayfield, man. I'm in. You're Shake in. and bake. I'm in. Shake, Shake and bake. <laughs> Give it to bake. And my Notre Dame Fighting Irish host, my alma mater, Ball State University, Ooh, yeah. this Saturday. Uh, somebody asked who I'm rooting for. I'm like, Notre Dame. That's an 8 o'clock game, Penn State, correct? Dame. Yeah, Penn State. Notre Dame's Penn night State. game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, thanks, uh, thanks to the University of Pittsburgh for shortening tailgating from only what? 5 to 8 o'clock that day because there's a Pirates game. So they're not allowing anybody in the lots to tailgate until 5 o'clock. What? Which is great for all the bars in Pittsburgh. All the bars oh, yeah. and restaurants are going to make out. Well, make did out. you hear the new rule that they passed about once a game starts, you can't tailgate in the parking lot anymore? Like who, if you who did that? It, I want to say, is it an NFL rule or a college rule? I it, think I just saw it. It's different per stadium. Like because I can tell you that I think like, it's Pittsburgh, but North Carolina State, you can leave the game at halftime, go out and tailgate, and go back in. Some stadiums, like West Virginia, you're drinking alcohol in the stadium, and then you leave and you go back out and tailgate. So exactly. it varies place to place. If you were to pick one college stadium that you'd want to go and tailgate at, like a dream place, where would you go? Oh, my God. Thanks for holding that song for a second. Uh, if I had to go and I wanted to tail – oh, that's that's easy. Uh, the University of Mississippi. The they are legendary. The Orchard? They are legendary at the University of Mississippi for their tailgating. So oh, it's Old like- Miss. Old Miss. Oh, yeah. University of Mississippi. Old Miss. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it is? Yes. Yeah. Old so Miss. I would absolutely, if I could go anywhere. I The Grove. That's what I it's called. I tailgated at LSU, Florida, Notre Dame, Penn State, North Carolina State, a couple other places. I would next place I'd like to go is Ole Miss. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Next year. Let's do it. We'll do it live. And we'll do it live. Parks. Parks. Let's go, Tottenham Hotspur. Hey, everybody. We had a great show this week. I want to thank Scott Detro of NPR for joining us. And as always, Frank and Parksy, you make this show go around. Thank you for being radio icons in your own right. Proud to be here. We'll see you next week on Latour Live, WHP 580, WHP 580.com.